Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. So he seeks out Herod the king, seeks out spiritual people, those who are students of the word of God, and says, where is uh, this Christ to be born? And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, O thou Beth and thou Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor, and he shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. So Herod, uh, in his place of seat of power, was concerned that someone else is going to come on the scene and he is going to rule or he's going to reign and he's going to obtain power. And uh, then that means that Herod could lose his power. And he's paranoid about that. If you study his life historically, he was very paranoid. He was a powerful man, very, very smart, brilliant in a lot of ways, but he was uh, also uh, a very uh, dangerous person. In other words, he uh, killed his own, some of his own family uh, for his own benefit. And so uh, he was uh, paranoid about losing his power, and people of power sometimes are. And so uh, he's inquiring of the religious people, those who had, were students of the Scripture, uh, where Jesus was to be born. And then, of course, he inquires of the wise men, uh, what time the star appeared, because he wants to uh, kind of narrow it down, where is he, and he's trying to figure this out, and he's being diligent to do so, and so he asked the wise men what time uh, the star appeared, and in verse 8, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child, and so he calls him a young child at this point. Uh, Jesus is not a babe or a baby that is in uh, the wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger in a stable, but uh, there's been some time lapse here. And so he said, when you find the young child, uh, bring me word again that I may come and worship him. And when they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. So this star had guided them from the east and to this point, and now this star is taking them to the actual place where Jesus is. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy, and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So they gave uh, Jesus 
they presented it to Jesus. Uh, the gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which were not uh, small gifts. These are uh, expensive gifts. These are uh, very uh, uh, expensive, and, and these are going to be beneficial to Jesus and to his family in the days to come. So, in this case, they are worshiping with their giving. They're worshiping Jesus, the Son of God. And verse 12, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod. They departed into their own country another way. And sometimes the devil will uh, put traps for you, but God wants you to go another way. And so uh, they had direction from God. They were warned in a dream by God not to go back to Herod, which Herod had uh, asked them to do. So that he also could come and worship. Now we know that the motivation of Herod was not to worship but to destroy the, the child Jesus. And so uh, in this case God directed them to go back to their own country and leave and not go back to Herod. So supernatural divine guidance was involved in the story of the birth of Jesus. Of course, you know, the angel appeared to Mary, and, and uh, she uh, received a word that she would give birth to the Son of God. And, of course, Jesus Christ was God, indeed God, manifest in the flesh, according to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, and then later in the chapter, verse 14, and the Word beca became flesh and dwelt among us. And so, actually, God became flesh. God manifests in the flesh. So, Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. He was a man, and yet he was God. And uh, so, here, uh, they're coming, and they're worshiping him. You're not to worship a man. You're to worship God. And so, they're worshiping him. And because of their heart, God also not only had guided them there to worship him and offer gifts that would be a blessing to the family of Jesus, but uh, he also guided them away from danger. And in this case, guided them not to go back to Herod. So when you have a destiny in your life like Jesus did, he had a destiny. And of course, we understand he had a special divine destiny. Because he was a redeemer of all human beings and all, all of mankind. All humanity was to be redeemed by uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And his blood would be shed and he would die and he would be buried and he'd be raised again. So that you and I could have redemption. And all of humanity could experience redemption in and through Jesus Christ. So he had a divine destiny. Well, in order for that destiny to be fulfilled, we see that God had divine guidance involved in order for it to happen. In order for Mary to believe, she had to hear a word from the angel, didn't she? And so the Holy Spirit came on her and overshadowed her, and she became uh, pregnant by the Holy Spirit, supernatural conception beyond natural uh, human conception. It was a supernatural intervention into uh, human uh, time. And so uh, she conceived and bare a son. We call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. Pretty amazing story, isn't it? But it's not just a story, it's the truth. It's Jesus 
coming into this world, being born of a virgin, supernaturally bypassing human sin and bringing forth uh, the Son of God, God manifest in the flesh, who would be a sinless man. And so uh, here these uh, wise men have worshipped. Now they've been guided away from Herod. And then the next verse, And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in the dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. So Herod's motivation was to discover the time and place where Jesus was so that he could destroy his life. That was his motivation. He was bent on doing so. But God supernaturally guided Joseph. And so... Uh, because of his destiny and the son of God's destiny and Mary and Joseph's destiny, there was divine guidance involved and divine direction involved. And so here now, he is guiding them around destruction or away from destruction. And so he said, I want you to go into Egypt, flee into Egypt, be there there until I bring you word uh, so that Herod would not be able to destroy uh, the son of God. Well, when we have a divine destiny, which we do, God will direct our path around danger. God will protect us and preserve us. Destiny means you need God's direction. In order for you to fulfill the destiny that God has for your life, you need direction in order to follow the course and the plan that he has for you in order for you to fulfill that destiny. And so it's important that we follow the Holy Spirit's direction so that we can fulfill uh, the destiny that God has for us and that we can live under God's protection. The safest place for you and I to be in life and in this world is to be in the will of God. And sometimes it may seem like naturally it's a dangerous place. But when you follow God's direction, God can preserve your life. God can protect you and will protect you. So the safest place for you to be is in the will of God. And being in the will of God means that you're in the right place at the right time with the right people, doing the right thing, and getting the right results. That's the will of God for your life, to be in the right place at the right time with the right people. In order to do that, we need to follow God's direction. Now consider, in this case... Uh, God, God has supernaturally guided uh, the uh, wise men through a dream. And then again, Joseph's life. You know, sometimes we think of Mary. She's a very spiritual woman, obviously. For her to be able to receive from the angel the a word from God, to, she was going to give birth to the Son of God and actually believe that. She said, be it unto me according to thy word. So uh, she received the word of the Lord that came through an angel. Now, generally speaking, it, it, uh, you know, it's possible that a, a person could be uh, led by an angel. An angel could appear to an individual. Uh, Jesus himself could appear to an individual supernaturally. Uh, but uh, generally speaking, that's not the way you're going to be guided. Well, you could have a dream, and that could happen. An angel could speak to you. That could happen. But you don't seek those things. You seek the Lord. You seek to be directed by God. 
And uh, you don't open yourself up to just saying, well, I got to be uh, directed by a dream or I have to be directed by an angel or uh, Jesus would have to appear to me. You know, in Thomas's case, he didn't believe. And so Jesus did appear to him as well, right? And he said, thrust your hand into my side, put your finger into my, to the print and the, uh, the hole in my hands and, and, and believe. Well, when he saw Jesus resurrected, and he saw uh, Jesus, the holes in his hands, and the, uh, he knew that he was the Son of God. And so he believed. He didn't have to touch him, right? Well, Jesus showed him that so he would believe. And, of course, he had revealed himself to the other disciples as well. But, you know, in our lives, most of the time, and I would say, uh, when I say most of the time, over 99% of the time, the primary way that you and I are going to be led is not by a dream, not by an angel, not by Jesus appearing to us, not by word from God through a prophet of God. You know, some people, they're seeking a prophet, and sometimes they find out they were a non-prophet. <laughs> of no benefit, really. Uh, so they're seeking a word from somebody, and... Many times people are looking for someone to tell them what to do, uh, that God would use that person or someone to prophesy to them. And I believe in all of these things. An angel could speak to you. A dream could happen. You know, God could speak through a dream. Uh, Jesus himself could show up. But, uh, or somebody could prophesy a word to you if they uh, were a true prophet and had a word from God. It could be uh, divine guidance. But at the same time, and all of these things occurred in the scripture. But at the same time, uh, the first and the primary way that God is going to guide all of his children in the new covenant, the first and the primary way, all of these things are other areas or ways God could direct you, but the first and the primary way God is going to direct all of his children is through the inner witness. So we have been recently teaching on the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit guiding you through the inner witness. And we've looked at Romans chapter 8 and Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Meaning that every child of God, other translations say children of God, Meaning that every child of God has the potential of being led by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is your guide. And so you don't have to seek out someone to tell you what to do, right? It's nothing wrong with counsel because in the multitude of counsel there's wisdom. So we're not talking about being so independent that you're not willing to listen to others. But we are also encouraging that every believer can listen to the Holy Spirit and be guided. And you have a divine destiny, so therefore you need to be guided by the Holy Spirit in order to fulfill the plan of God for your life. In order to be preserved so that you can do the will of God in your life, you want to listen to the Holy Spirit. Now we saw as well in verse 16 of the same chapter, Romans chapter 8, says that His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with your what? Spirit, that you are a child of God. So the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit. 
that you are a child of God. And if you are a child of God, you think about it because many times people are looking for something spectacular to happen in order for them to think they are being led by God. In other words, they are looking for an angel. They're looking to have a vision. Again, another way God can reveal himself and reveal his will. And remember Peter, God let a sheet down out of heaven. He saw in a vision a sheet let down out of heaven. And God gave him direction regarding going to the Gentile world to preach the gospel. Right? He saw a vision, then the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Three men seek you, go and go with them, doubting nothing. So he followed that, and he got in the right place at the right time. He went to the Gentile world, first time Gentiles heard the gospel preached to them. For before that, primarily, it was a Jewish church. In other words, Jews had believed on Jesus, and now God is sending Peter to the Gentile world. And it happened through divine direction. So God had a plan, he had a purpose, he had a destiny for Peter to do that, but unless Peter hears from God or listens to God, he's not going to get where God wants him to be. So the truth is, in order for us to fulfill our destiny, we need to follow the Holy Spirit's direction. Again, all of these other ways, God could and will direct people at times. But again, the first and the primary way that God directs all of his children in the new covenant is through the inner witness. So you don't delete the others in order to do this. You just do this because it's the primary way. Follow the Holy Spirit and the inner witness. And if God chooses to do some of these other ways, then you're open to it. Praise the Lord. All right, so when you follow the inner witness, it is actually a spiritual witness. An inward witness. It is inside. It's in your heart. It's not a booming voice. Right? So sometimes the look, people are looking for a, a, a large sound, a booming sound, and, and surely that would be the Lord. Remember the prophet? There was a, a wind, and the Lord was not in the wind. There was a fire, and the Lord was not in the fire. And, and then it says there was a still, small voice. In other words, the Holy Spirit sometimes is just in that quiet place. It's not in all the noise. And so that's why you need to get quiet in order to hear that inner witness. So you're not looking for the spectacular because if you're looking for the spectacular, sometimes you'll miss the supernatural. Now, being led by the inner witness is just as supernatural as an angel showing up and talking to you, or having a spiritual dream, or uh, you know, a word of prophecy that came forth. Being led by the inner witness is just as supernatural. Consider, how do you even qualify to be led by an, by an inward witness? Number one is you get born again, because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the what? Children of God. So you have to be a child of God in order to effectively be led by the inner witness. So that's pretty supernatural that you spiritually have been born again. That you are literally a child of God, that your spirit has been reborn, and then you can listen effectively to the Holy Spirit within your spirit. That's amazing. Holy Spirit lives on the inside, and He bears witness with your spirit. That's pretty supernatural, don't you think? Well, so the inner witness, the inner witness can be an amazing supernatural way that you're led by the Spirit of God. Tragically, I... Uh, actually uh, 
just this morning, uh, we were hearing the report, Kevin, who used to be an air traffic controller, uh, he's one of our ushers here, and he shared with me about the recent plane crash. It was someone who was previously an air traffic controller who was flying a plane. And I won't get into all the details, but simply, uh, they ran into a mountain, and, and, and it killed them. He and some family members. Very tragic situation. Well, I remember the story many years ago. Uh, Brother Hagen told this story. How this, there was this preacher, young preacher, and uh, very s- seemingly upcoming preacher. He was uh, being very successful in ministry, and uh, a friend of his had been killed, who had been to Bible school with, and so he was going to fly there, and he was going to be a part of that funeral. And so he was, was going to get on this little plane. It was an early flight. He had to get out in order to get to the place that he, his destination was. So he was going to fly on this little aircraft. And so uh, he got on the plane. He started flying away. And the children were, uh, there was a couple of children in the back. And uh, one of the children just got up and said, Mom, Mom, doesn't Daddy know that plane is going to fly into that mountain? A little child who is alive unto God. And he knew by the inner witness, he knew that his daddy was going to fly into that mountain. And sure enough, just shortly after that, the, the father in that plane crashed into the mountain. You know, what was that? Just a little child. You know, sometimes you got to become as a little child. You got to listen like a little child. A little child could be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, sensitive to God. And in that case, was so sensitive to God, knew that that plane was going to fly into that mountain. But Daddy, who was the preacher, who was a spiritual man, so-called, right? And I'm sure he was a spiritual man, but sometimes we get in such a big hurry that life is, is pushing us along. And uh, situations and circumstances and things that we have to do and places we have to be and, and, and uh, all of this activity sometimes makes people just run right past that inner witness. Do you think that the Holy Spirit would overlook the gentleman that was going to get in the plane and not tell him and he would tell the son? No, the Holy Spirit was talking to him. The Holy Spirit was broadcasting to, uh, to the man as well as the little child. But the man was too busy. And so sometimes in our, in our growing up life, you know, in other words, we, we got all this stuff in our mind, but the child, he just, just wakes up. Probably not thinking about a thing, maybe a dream. I don't know for sure, but all I know is that he knew by the Spirit of God that that was going to happen, and it could have been avoided. And sometimes a lot of things in our life and uh, destruction that occurs in people's lives could have been avoided if we would just listen to the inner witness. That inner knowing, just don't go. I mean, Bishop Butler told the story of how he was, uh, you know, many years ago, he was planning to fly commercially at the time, and he was planning to fly on this plane, and he just didn't feel right about it, just thought he shouldn't go. Well, he had places to be and things to do, places to preach, but yet in his heart, he just knew, and he didn't go, and sure enough, that plane crashed. 
Well, the Holy Spirit knows, just like the Holy Spirit knew uh, Herod's uh, motivation. In fact, the Holy Spirit knew and prophesied, listen, prophesied years in advance. Supernatural prophets spoke of where uh, Joseph and Mary would be, and they were in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. And then that means if you're in the right place at the right time with the right people, you're not in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. So they're not in the place where Herod could destroy Jesus, right? They're in another place. They're in a place where God has directed them away from the danger that God did not want to happen in Jesus' life, right? So in your life, the Holy Spirit, if you will live with a sense or consciousness and awareness that you have a divine destiny, then therefore you need to hear from God in order to be where God wants you to be. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit in order to avoid the danger. And so when you're led by the Holy Spirit, directed by the Holy Spirit, then you're in the right place at the right time. So you're avoiding a lot of pitfalls, a lot of traps, a lot of snares, a lot of unnecessary debris. Come on in our lives and things that the devil has plotted and planned. Thank God we can avoid. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has guided us, directed us, and kept us and preserved us and protected us. So it's God's grace. Not only to be in the right place, enjoying God's best in your life, but also avoiding the dangers, the places the devil was trying to take you to destroy your life. It could be as simple as a temptation, a temptation to sin that could bring you down a wrong trail, a wrong path that could bring destruction to your life physically. It could bring destruction mentally, emotionally, bring destruction to your family, your future. Come on, it's true. If people listen to that inner witness, they could avoid a lot of trouble in their life. A lot of things would be avoided. They'd be diverted around, praise God, and they'd be in the right place at the right time. Praise God so they're not in the wrong place at the wrong time, doing the wrong thing, getting the wrong results because they're in the right place following the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So we want to understand the necessity in our lives of uh, following the Holy Spirit's guidance or following the Holy Spirit's direction because there's protection in that place and the safest place for you to be in this world is in the middle of the will of God. Praise God. Because if you're in the will of God, hallelujah, there is safety, there's preservation, and when you're hearing God's voice, then even though you're in the will of God, in the right place, the Holy Spirit can direct you around the pitfalls, the snares, the traps that the devil tries to lay. Because he doesn't just go after people that are out of the will of God. He goes after people that are in the will of God. And he tries to snare them and, in, and, and take advantage of them. And so you got to listen, even if you're in the will of God now, you don't want to just get in the will of God. You want to stay in the will of God. And you think about, you know, Mary and Joseph. If anybody was in the will of God, Mary and Joseph were in the will of God. Are you with me? But God had to direct them to get in the right place so that they're, even though they're in the will of God doing the right thing, they needed to stay in the will of God. 
So you can begin your destiny and get in the will of God, but God wants to keep you in the will of God. He wants to keep you in that safe place for your life. Amen. Let's go to verse 14. So they go to Egypt. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night. It's a good time to leave. Departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod. Well, obviously, Herod's not going to kill Jesus if Herod's dead. So until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. So you think about the prophet spoke of this, prophesied concerning it. In other words, God knows the devil's plans way ahead of time. God knows the devil's snares way ahead of time in your life. So if you listen to the Holy Spirit, you can avoid a lot of his plots. And so they fulfill prophecy in going into Egypt and then coming out of Egypt. Then Herod... When he saw that, that he was mocked of the wise men, so it's kind of going back in time again in the scripture sequence here. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. So these wise men obviously had told them the time of the star appearing. So they've traveled for a long distance. And finally they're there. And so Jesus could have been up to two years old. So Herod is wanting to kill all the children that are two and under. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken of Jeremy the prophet saying, in Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. In our day, there's a lot of abortions that we need to wake up America. It's time to wake up, church. Thank you, Jesus. We say this is pretty barbaric. Well, what we're doing in our society is pretty barbaric. Now, let's go on. He says, verse 19, but Herod was dead. Behold, when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. So now, after Herod's death, the angel appears and talks to him, saying, Arise and take the young child. With it and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Ar- uh, Archelaus did reign in, the, in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid and to go thither. Uh, notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee, which is not very far away, but nevertheless, it's not the same vicinity. He says, And he came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, 
he shall be called a Nazarene. So here Jesus is fulfilling prophecy at every point. He's being divinely guided. He's fulfilling the word of the Lord. And at the same time, he's being protected. So you, when you follow the Holy Spirit, you're fulfilling the plan of God. I'm preaching better to you, amen. And I said, when you're following the Holy Spirit and the inner witness, you're fulfilling the plan of God. And at the same time, your life is being preserved for God's kingdom purpose to be fulfilled in your life. It's amazing what can happen in your life if you follow the Holy Spirit's direction. Now remember again, one of the verses that we looked at in the, in the scripture, in Proverbs chapter 3, he says that if we not acknowledge the Lord, what in all our ways, he will do what? He will direct our paths. So the Holy Spirit, as we acknowledge God, the Holy Spirit will direct our paths. Now, when your path is directed, again, you're fulfilling God's plan for your life. Somebody shout amen. Amen. And if you're fulfilling God's plan, then you're in God's place. You're with the right people at the right time in the right place doing the right thing because you're fulfilling the will of God. So God is also wanting to protect you and preserve you and keep you because you're doing his will. Hallelujah. So if there's anybody God wants to protect, it's those who follow Jesus. Those who follow the will of God for their life. So it's so important that you listen to that inner witness, that inner knowing, that inner confidence or assurance that you're following the Holy Spirit's direction in your life, doing the right thing and getting in the right place, hanging with the right people, fulfilling the will of God for your life, glory to God forever, and enjoying God's best. That is the will of God, and it's the will of God for every believer. Now, what does it say? Of course, we don't have time to look at all of the psalm in Psalm 91. He said he will give his angels, what? Charge over you. If you're doing what? You're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. You're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. I'll say of the Lord, he is in my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. And God is saying, now you're trusting in him, and he's directing your path, but he's not only directing your path, you're dwelling in that secret place of the Most High. Hallelujah. You're under the shadow of the Almighty God, and there is a secret place of protection and preservation for your life. God will keep you. He'll give his angels charge over you, and they will keep you in all of your ways. They will preserve you in all of your ways. And we'll say, include it all of your days, because he said at the latter part of Psalm 91, he said, and I will satisfy you with long life. I'll satisfy you with long life. Those that set their love upon me, I'll satisfy them with long life. Praise God. You'll live a long life, a long blessed life, a long life of God's grace on your life, the grace of God's protection on your life, God's preservation of your life, God's preservation of your health. Hallelujah. Something about the will of God is the safest place. Glory to God. It's a way of longevity. It's a place where you can live long and live strong and live well and enjoy God's best 
for your life, the blessing of the Lord on you. God's chasing you down everywhere you go, and he chases you down. He overtakes you with blessing. So you're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. You're blessed if you went into Egypt. You're blessed when you come out of Egypt. You're blessed when you go over to Galilee. I mean, in the life of Jesus and Mary, they were blessed by going to Galilee. Instead of going right back into Bethlehem, they're blessed. Why? Because God is directing their heart. And you are being divinely guided into the best will of God for your life. I'm not, I'm not interested in second best. When you're committed to God, when you're committed to Jesus like Mary and Joseph, God will get you where you need to go. I said, when you're committed to God like Mary and Joseph, God will get you where you need to go. He'll get you with the people you need to be with. He'll get you doing the things you need to be doing. Hallelujah. And he'll bless you. He'll bless you. He'll make you the head and not the tail. He'll put you above and not beneath. He will bless your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm not going back to the way it used to be. I'm not going back to the old life. I'm going with Jesus. I'm going to follow him. Hallelujah. How many are with me today? You commit yourself to Jesus. Commit your whole life, your spirit, your soul, your mind, your body, your life, your family, your future. It's in his hands. When you follow Jesus, there's a safe place. There's a blessed place. There's a a blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he adds no sorrow. It's something of the goodness of God revealed in your life. When the devil wanted to take you down, take you out, stop you, prevent you from doing the will of God. God says, I'm going to help you and I'm going to lead you and I'm going to guide you and your future is better than your past. Hallelujah. What's in front of you is greater than what's behind you. So you ought to believe that 2020, come on, 2020 is a blessed year. Hallelujah. What's in front of you is greater than what's behind you. Your best years are ahead of you. Something good is in store for you. God's already planned it. I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you. They're good plans. And if we will commit ourselves to Jesus, commit ourselves to the will of God, and say, Holy Spirit, I'm committed to following you. I'm committed to listening to your voice. I don't want to run past your voice. I don't want to run past with my busyness of life. I don't want to miss it when Holy Spirit is talking. I don't want to miss it when my mind's all cluttered with this world natural-minded reasoning. Come on. Holy Spirit is talking, and his voice may be a still, still small voice, but it could save your life. It could save you from a lot of heartache. It could save you a lot of pain. Come on. It could save you a lot of loss financially. It could cause you to gain financially and be blessed financially. It could bless you in your life in every way imaginable if you dare to hear the Holy Spirit's inner voice or inner witness and follow that over everything else. When the wind is blowing, the fire is moving, things around you, things are shaking all over the place. He said, in this world... 
everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But he said there is something that cannot be shaken, and that's Jesus, and that's the Word of God, and that's God in you and Christ in you. And you'll live, and you'll thrive, and you'll experience God's best in your life. It is the will of God. Hallelujah. So we're moving forward, and we're moving forward blessed. We're not under the curse. We're under the blessing. Hallelujah. I said we're not under the curse. We're under the blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm happy to be here. Hallelujah. I'm just happy to do the will of God. Hallelujah. So God has some good plans. I said God has some good plans. Something good's in store for you. Hallelujah. It is not a time to be afraid of your future. It's a time to believe and reach forth under those things that are before you and believe that God is in you. But don't get so caught up in your success that you forget to listen to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Don't get so caught up in your business of life that you forget to listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't get so caught up in the things of this world and natural, not all bad things, just a lot of good things. But just don't get so caught up that you, oh, you got here by listening to God. You got to stay here by listening to God. Hallelujah. We don't want to just begin the journey. We want to finish the course. Hallelujah. We want to do what God's called us to do for the rest of our life. And throughout eternity, we want to spend it with Jesus and celebrate the goodness of God.